up, StoochCast, Protector of the Inns. Uh, this is uh, big episode 40 here, and I got a very special guest here with me, uh, hey. Mr. Caleb Llewellyn. Caleb, what is up, dude? Uh, it's me. What's up? What is up? Uh, you know, man, the sky. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Disapproval rates of the president and the government. <coughs> yeah, dude. Uh, lots of things, Trump, you know? Uh, music. Music's just the usual thing that's always up. Uh, music and life, you know, living it. Yeah. So, like, what have you been, you know, what have you been, I hear you've been performing at, uh, some local bars, you know, just doing, you know, little gigs here and there, trying to yeah, I've been um, there. I've been, uh, I've been making my way around a bunch of different bars around the city, you know, juke joints and blues joints. Um, I've been, I've been doing a lot of open mics and jam nights. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't pay yet, but from, from how much work I've been putting into the practicing and honing my, my writing and playing, um, it's real good experience and exposure. I get to meet a lot of people. I've made a lot of connections, and every time I play one of these free you little gigs, yeah. Better. Well, I get not only do I get better, but I get one step closer to getting paid for it. Exactly. So it's like you you gotta you gotta give up a little to get something. You know? Exactly. Yeah. You gotta just. It's a grind, man. It's a hustle, and you know, oh, it is. It is with anything. You know, with any kind of passion, and um, you know, how long have you been you know playing music? Like, do you know? Uh, what point well, you I, like? Been, this is what I want to do with my life. Because well, I think for as long as I've known you, man, you've been, you've always been in the music. You've always been like, yeah, you're like it, a it music has, guy. It has always been my goal, but the uh, the goal in the way that I've, the way that I've looked at it and my approach and perception of uh, music and what can be done with it has changed drastically over the years. But um, I mean, if you want to look at the history of me, I started playing piano when I was about five years old. Nice. Um, and fun, fun little fact for you all is uh, <laughs> the first thing I ever learned on piano, which is what got my parents to want to get me one and get me some lessons, was uh, my dad and my uncle, they would always mess around on this little Casio, this cheap-ass little keyboard. Yeah. And one day, like I said, I was about five years old, we're living in Medina, Ohio. And I threw on, it had like those preset songs and everything. Yeah. And I threw on Livin', Livin La Vida Loca. Oh. And then proceeded, <laughs> proceeded to learn that by ear at five years old. And uh, it just, you know, it, it just took my parents back and blew them away. And they were like, this, you know, he's probably got something. So, yeah. I mean, I, I started taking formal lessons when I was about seven years old. Seven or eight. How long and, did you take uh, lessons for? Well, I took, I took classical lessons until I was 18. When, like, most blues musicians, a one breaks my heart, you know, like nothing else. And then uh, I've been playing guitar from 18, mostly, until 23. Uh, so I've been about uh, five years five playing years it. guitar? Yeah, but with the You still kill piano, though, right? Uh, no, still... I actually, I, I'm, I'm really rusty at it. I can still play a little bit. I'm nowhere near what I used to be. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's still in there. There's still a door in my mind that uh, can take me there. It's just the, 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 lock, the lock's a little rusted. Yeah. So I'm going to have to, I have to polish it off and, you know, fix it up to get back into it. But it's still there somewhere, you know. Who were, who were like, your big musical inspirations? Like, right now, I know it changes for a lot of people over time, but, like, right now, who are you listening to and who do you want to make, like, I guess, say, emulate, like, who are you inspired by? Um, Maybe yeah, emulate I mean, is in a word. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't say emulate it because like copy, I, the, the, fur, the further I've grown and matured musically and as, a, and as an individual, um, the less and less I... I like looking at my music and looking at my art as um, comparing it to anything or putting a, a label or a genre on it because yeah, I mean, at my roots, it's uh, there's a lot of blues, there's jazz, there's classical music, um, plenty of rock, which I mean, of course, comes from the blues. Yeah, hard rock. But um, to put a label on it, the only label I could really put it on it is it's uh, it's Caleb. You know, it's 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 my own music. It's an expression of my soul and my being and my thoughts and my emotions. Um, but for right now, the biggest, the biggest influences I have on me that I've been really getting into and digging this year and this past year, um, the Allman Brothers, uh, and, uh, Dwayne Allman, you know, God rest his soul, Sky Dog, he, uh, through his records and through interviews and everything, I've been, I've been digging with him, he taught me how to play slide guitar. Nice. And, yeah, uh, yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, like and, uh, you got, you got to witness me play some slide guitar the other week down at the R-Bar, and, um, I mean, I, I like to think that I can play some pretty groovy licks with it, and I, I play it in a way that, um, a lot of kids these days, uh, in my generation, that they, um, slides, slides in a way, it, it's a lost art, especially with the, the way I played, I mean, I got, I got a lot of, uh, 
inspiration from Dwayne and Elmore James. Um, Dickie Betts, even when he had to take over for Dwayne's spot, he, he was able to throw in some good slide licks. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean it, the Almond Brothers have been a big influence recently. It's, it's what makes it? A, what makes a slide guitar like a slide guitar? Like if you're unfamiliar with. Uh, well, do you just do you have slide, that little yeah, metal piece? Yeah, is that the slide. What that is? Yeah, playing, yeah just, well, if you're playing, if you're playing the electric guitar and you're playing slide, you either need a. Um, I mean, you don't need either of them. You can use. I've, I've used screwdrivers. Uh, oh, the, so that could be like at this at this yeah. girl whose house I stayed over a couple of weeks ago. I used a crack lighter for a slide. <laughs> uh, you know, you can be really improvisational and creative with it. But um, for the most part, yeah, if, if you're not familiar with slide guitar, what you do is you have, um, if you're playing stand-up electric, like, you know, over-your-shoulder strap, yeah. uh, you get, usually on your ring finger or your pinky, you'll put a, a metal or glass tube on there, and it it pretty much, it it makes your frets non-existent. So you can yeah. hit, you have to be very precise with it, kind of like a trombone, because you have to find the tone your, it, yourself. It's not dictated through a space between two different frets. Yeah. And then you just, um, you know, I always, I always describe this, it's kind of like my arm feels like a noodle, just kind of like freely sliding up and down. You know, it's it's just loose. It's real free. And, yeah, it's uh, a it, good it's, vibe, It's a hell of a lot dude. of fun to play. It's a hell yeah. of a vibe. And you can, uh, it, it, may, it turns the guitar tone into something t- completely different. And it's, uh, it's a sound I've really come to love. Um, but well, yeah, or otherwise, there's, uh, there's steel lap guitars or just lap guitars, which is um, it's a shorter neck, and the strings are higher up off the uh, body, uh, which is another thing uh, still on the electric guitar is that uh, what helps a lot and what I've have done to my Telecaster is I've had my action raised up because if you have the strings too close to the the neck and the frets when you're playing especially with the the steel slide that I use you'll end up getting the metal running against the metal frets and it just it, it gives you sometimes it scratches you get clicks it's it, yeah. it's not it's not that clean and pronounced yeah but um with a lap slide guitar as the name suggests you set it across your lap it's probably about maybe two two and a half feet long and the the strings sit probably about an inch and a half off the board and what you use is instead of placing a a tube around your finger you get a large heavy metal bar and you you slide that up and down and you get the pardon me the uh the tonal quality you get out of that is very unique and um yeah. I described it uh, when I when I had a sli- I had a slide guitar for my lap for a short period of time, and I described it to my friend as when you play it clean straight through the amplifier, it it reminds me a lot of the uh, like the instrumental little interludes in SpongeBob, like the Hawaiian sounding things. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of it kind of sounds like that. But yeah, the slide the slide's been a really big influence on me recently. It's taken me to different routes of um of blues and the introduction of southern rock to my life. I hear about Jim Morrison's another big influence. Yeah, uh, very the Doors, recently. Huge major. Yeah, my uh, good friend of mine, Steve Stack, uh, really got me into the Doors this past year. I've always and, loved the Doors. All right, wait, all I, back in high school, I loved them. Well, growing up, I was dumb enough to listen to my parents when they told me that Led Zeppelin sucks and the doors are overrated. So, growing up, I was never exposed to them. My parents don't have any of their records. And okay. I was, like I said, I, I was dumb enough to actually, you know, believe what they said as, as opposed right. to, you know, diving the unknown and trying to, like, expand upon my tastes. I try to, like, listen, I've listened to, like, a lot of Radiohead. Radiohead recently. I liked Radiohead when I was younger, and I can still respect them a lot. And I, I've seen them live, and it was it was it was a hell. They're of coming a good to show. Pittsburgh. They're coming to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, a couple of my friends asked me to go with them, but I'm not I'm not quite sure if I'd want to go see them again and drop that kind of money, especially with, you know, with with the music that I've been in the yeah. direction I've been it's going. It's like hundred bucks for a ticket. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's so least. And, that, and that's for nosebleed, you know. Yeah. Well, they haven't been to Pittsburgh. I don't think since the late '90s, so that's probably mm-hmm. why it's been like 20 yeah. years since I've been there. And like Radiohead's. They're, they're like, they seem, they're kind of like, they're like the world's biggest kind of underground, you know what I mean? Like, they're critically yeah, they, acclaimed at stuff, and it's like, they're like the art rock kind of guy, but they're like the biggest, like, of that, you know what I mean? Cause yeah, they are, there's, there's a lot of following behind them, and uh, there's Worldwide, definitely a good reason, yeah, yeah there, there's definitely a good reason for that, too. Um, their lyrical content is, uh, it's brilliant, uh, to say the least. 
Um, and I think it was rightfully so. It's been compared their uh, their '90s record, OK Computer, it was released in the '90s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it has been it has been compared to uh, the modern day Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. I can respect that and I can dig it because the ideas that they're getting across is the um, it's technology. It, just well, it, it's life, you know, and it's it's. I mean, yeah, technology plays a part in it for OK Computer. It's more modernized uh, than Dark Side of the Moon because of the times. Yeah. But it um it gets it gets the point across. Of you know isolation, greed, um, and specifically for the bands themselves, it takes you to where um, it becomes difficult in society for an artist to express themselves yeah. and uh, be free about their ideas. And you know it all. It, and like I said, it also captures life, like the idea of think about life and death and work and the monotonuity of just the, the repetition of the life that we live now and yet how how meaningless it all is in the grand scheme of things I know. but yet how I much think, we dude, stress I think and, about that I think about that like a lot I'll just be sitting yeah, around I'll it, be doing something so I'll be struggling with anything and then I'm just kind of like what's what's even the point yeah like it's about things are like things like I said we do we put so much weight and so much importance on these things and we repeat them on a daily basis in our yeah. lives but at the same time it's it's not there's there's not necessarily substance for the soul and substance for the mind in it. It's just substance for the society that we've allowed to be created around us. Yeah. Well, at the same time where you're thinking, like, what's the point of all this, you know, you think of it in a negative way. There's also, like, a positive side to that where you're like, you know what, just, just take risks, just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's only exactly. one life to Me- live. It's all you got. You write the story, you know? Meaningless has two sides to it, you know? Like, even though... Life, life being meaningless can be a bleak and a, and a darker outlook, but at the same time, life being meaningless can show to you that, you know, you don't need to worry. You don't need to concern yourself with such menial things. It, like um, you, you, kinda... you don't have to worry about, you don't need to worry about how, what other people think about. You don't need to worry about, um, you kind of create people... the meaning for you. Yeah. You know and, I mean? you, and you, yeah, exactly. And it's you don't like need to worry about, canvas. and you don't need to worry about, um, uh, you, you just don't need to worry about, you know, Money is something you don't need to worry about. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's important to survive in life, but at the same time, it's meaningless. So if you if you wanna if you feel something, if you wanna go out and just blow a shit ton of money and have a good time that can give you some substance, give you something that you can remember, something yeah. you can carry good with time. you for your life. Yeah, like a good time. That's worth more than anything. So I mean, like I said, yeah, meaningless can be it's bleak, but at the same time, it's also beautiful because when you understand that there might not be a purpose, you understand that. I wouldn't say you understand, but you gain you gain a certain level of freedom and yeah. uh, liberation from a lot of a lot of the change that society puts on us these days. I think a lot of people are like just struggling in general, especially after like high school. I mean, like you know, a lot of people go to college and then they come out of college, they have all this student loan debt. I mean, oh, they yeah, just that, don't know that, what to do. Like I have student loan debt too, and you're kind of just like, that's it. That's what I did. Now you go and you work in. It's just for a piece of paper that tells you that you're smart enough and you're qualified to do something, but. Yeah. You you don't need you don't need a college education. You don't need you don't need a piece of paper to tell you what you can and can't do. You just need the drive and you need a passion. The ambition. Yeah, exactly. Ambition. Um, yeah. But I think it's like with college, it's like a class thing. You know what I mean? If you get this piece of paper, it's like all right, you're qu- you you know you have a chance to be in this pool now where yeah. we could pick you for a job. And if but, you don't have that said piece of paper, you're automatically but having disqualified. But having that you know said I mean? piece of paper, I mean, yeah, that, that's another thing. Like, if it, I've met people who I know, and I mean, if they, if they, if it was their passion, and they're and they're absolutely brilliant people, but if it was their passion, if if they wanted to, they would be capable of performing an open heart surgery and do it phenomenally better than some of the best doctors probably could. Yeah. But because they don't have that piece of paper that says it. You know they're not allowed to do it, and and that that may be a bit loose of an example, but I think it really captures the idea that no matter how hard something is, if you have the passion for it, education and knowledge isn't something that should be paid for. It it isn't something that should be, you know, it, it's something that should be a gift. It's something that you should be given. You should be happy to pass on knowledge and information. Yeah. So um, it doesn't matter. If you, it really doesn't matter if you go to college or not. If you genuinely have the passion and the drive, you can do anything you, you want to do. do. You just need to apply exactly. yourself. You got to apply yourself. That's like, you know, it's just ever since graduating, I just try to find like other hobbies I like to do. Yeah, like, like gym and, and running. Gym and running. Like, man. For instance, that, I, those are my hobbies. I um, I started college. I, I did a semester of college, if you even call it a semester. Um, the the classes weren't too challenging, but I did it for music and. 
Um, though I did religiously attend my uh, my music theory classes, it, it further grew on me that, um, especially with something like music, you can't you can't teach somebody how to express themselves. You can't teach them. You can you can teach them how to understand theory and play on a rudimentary level and you know play what's written on a piece of paper, but you can't go read a reading a book or have a teacher lecture you about how to take the ideas and the emotions that you have inside of your soul inside of your body um, physically and metaphysically and express them. You can't be taught how to do that. That's something that you have to. It's trial and error. You have to look inside yourself and you have to really, you have yeah. to want to find it. And so, I mean, for me, college wasn't the thing. Like I said, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't teach me how to do music. You can only teach me theory and technique. And those are things that I've gathered over the years in my music Yeah, I feel lessons. like when you play an instrument, you know, there's like a synergy there. Like, like you kind of become the instrument, the instrument becomes you, you know? Yeah. Like, like whatever you're thinking... Of playing, like you're playing it right there. You don't even need to like, you know what I mean? You don't even need yeah, to well, think since, about it. Yeah, well, since I mean, since we're, we're getting further into the music, let's uh, let's just say we're right into the uh, the music aspect of this. I mean, that's I mean that is what I'm all about. Um, yeah, like like what you're saying, like it, it's part of you and I'm part of it. Um, my guitar, for instance, my Telecaster, who's the love of my life, man. She, I mean, she's beautiful. She plays, she plays well. She sounds. She sounds like nothing else I've heard, and, Give it and a name. the feel of her. I she, she's the electric lady. The electric lady. Yeah, I mm-hmm. got. I mean, I got the. Uh I didn't want to give her a name, and that's it's it's not exactly a name; it's a title. She's um, she's just like I said, she's electric lady. She's a queen, man, and she uh, it, she she feels, man. I, I firmly believe that instruments, in their own way, they have a soul, and um, like if I if I don't pick my if I don't pick my guitar up for like two days, I can feel. When I play the connection between me and the instrument, um, I can feel that she's lonely, that she she feels she feels missed, and she oh. feels um, forgotten in a way. And when I pick it up and play her, there's a much um, I wouldn't say I guess I could say it's it's more of a feeling of isolation that'll come out of my hands when I when I speak through her because not, not only do I speak through the instrument um, when I play, but at the same time the instrument speaks through me. It's, it's like a reciprocation of emotion. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's music's very philosophical. You know, it's um, it's a lot more than just you know counting beats and playing notes. It's a lot about um, you know, I could I could play the same note a million different ways. You know. Yeah. And um, it all it all comes down to feeling, and like 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 you said, man. Um, uh, uh, brain fart, man. I didn't stop smoking all that weed, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it's um. It is though, man. I mean, like the expression of it, and uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain. Well, yeah, and, and another thing is like, uh, here's a an outlook that I have on music, is that, uh, well, two two of the most important outlooks I have on music. Some of my philosophical ideals are that when you're with guitar specifically, um, it's not about it's not about striking the string and pressing your finger down on it, um, to to play your note. A lot um, of the times, it's more about taking your hand off of the neck and releasing the tension, you know? It's yeah. about... It's just as much about the end of the note as it is the beginning. Pardon me, again. And also, um, the biggest the biggest belief I have in music... And um, I had this belief before I started listening to Yes, but um, there's a song uh, close to the edge that a line of that beautifully captured how I feel. And it's that... The idea that um, empty spaces and... Uh, no notes and no sound is just as important to a song as the notes and the sounds. Yeah. And what they said is the time between the notes relates the colors to the scene. Yeah. And a lot of people these days, what they do, um, whether it be my generation or musicians on a professional level, and while I do respect all forms of art, this is one of my biggest quarrels with modern day metal, is that you can play... You can play a million notes, you know, you can play lightning fast, and I can do that too. I mean, you, you practice enough scales, your fingers get fast, and if you can play, like, yeah, and you can just go, like, lightning, but where, where, but where's the substance in that, you know? Like, you play so many notes, and you're filling up all that space, you can get, like, David Gilmore, you know, or, or even Neil Young. You, it's more about finding the notes that emotionally shape 
a melody based around the song and the chords that are shaping the song. Yeah. And um, it's it's more about that than playing a shit ton of notes. Like, I mean, the, the old phrase, less is more, I think, fits really well with music. And for instance, I mean Neil Young's Cinnamon Girl. Uh, that oh. guitar solo I mean, is perfect. But, I mean, the song the song's about um, heroin addiction, and the guitar solo is just one note the whole time. And if you if you ever met anybody or know anybody or know anything about um, addiction with something like an opiate, it, the the high in general, with or without the addiction, the high is a very in a very apathetic kind of way. It's almost as if you're you're wrapped in a warm blanket of apathy, you know? Uh-huh. So, and, and the way, and, and you're also, obviously, it's it's depressing, so you're slowed down. So, that guitar solo captures it so well, because not only is it just, it's it's playing the same note over and over again in such a warm manner, like, um, apathetically almost, like I said, because like it's just the same breeze. note. Yeah, and at the same time, um, it, if you really listen to it the way, I'd probably just I'd probably assume it's the reverb that they're using, but every note, every time he strikes that note, it, it bleeds into the next time he strikes it, you know? It's very, it, it has a very psychedelic and very yeah. mellow and depressed and laid back uh, <laughs> soundscape about it. And um, I, I'd much prefer to hear musicians these days and cats my age um, trying harder to express, you know, squeeze every ounce of soul they can out of one note before they go into the next one as, as opposed to just trying to be flashy about it and just playing a billion notes for the sake of playing a billion notes. It, it, like I said, it's much more about a melodic and harmonic relation to the song than it is about how many notes you play. Yeah. Um, I see you're carrying around a uh, journal. You yeah. Know. How's uh, that's my, uh, that's my little, That's my little brown book with me poems in. Yeah. But uh, the bag with my toothbrush and my comb and I left it home. Oh. Uh. Pink Floyd joke. Whammy. There we go for a little bit of nobody home. But yeah, I got, um, you know, I've been, I carry this with me all the time because inspiration, you know, it, it never strikes. <laughs> Do you go to like a particular time. place where you're inspired? Like you were talking earlier before the podcast about how like Jim Morrison would go to Venice Beach and he wrote like all the Doors songs, even before the Doors were the Doors and we knew about them. He wrote like pretty much all the songs there. Yeah, down Do you go time to in Venice Beach. Um, where's your spot where you, you know, you feel inspired? You know, it varies. I, there's a bunch of different places I go to write. Um, depending on depending on the style and depending on the emotion I'm trying to convey of the music, uh, there's plenty of different places I've seen around Pittsburgh, and uh, and I mean as far as you know Ligonier, um, going down south as far as Washington, um, there's plenty of places around here that I have that capture just a certain level of energy that reverberates with me and and speaks through me, uh, both musically and lyrically. How do you? How do you feel about like Pittsburgh, like growing up in Pittsburgh? Like, are you do you feel like Pittsburgh, probably like oh Pittsburgh, you know, like kind of like that, or do you just like? I think I think Pittsburgh. I think we live in a beautiful city, man, and I think that uh, I think that it has potential to become something new, and I think it has. Uh, there's a lot of good up and coming cats these days playing a lot of music, you know, and I think that there's a lot of potential for Pittsburgh to be uh, a hub for art. I'm not sure if it would ever reach the pinnacle of uh, you know places like New York City and Greenwich Village or. Um, like, uh, Los uh, Angeles yeah. and San of Francisco, yeah. uh, as they were in their be. heyday. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, not at all. It, it it has it has the potential to be its own, have its own identity. Um, but I definitely think Pittsburgh is going somewhere. I think there's a lot of there's definitely some bad things happening, but there's definitely a lot of good going on. There's yeah. a lot of progress. A lot of good, that, pe- a lot of good people. Yeah, it. there's a lot there's a lot of great people in Pittsburgh, man. Like I said, there's a lot of good cats these days, good young cats my age, and they're uh, they're really trying, man. They're making some good art, and they're. Uh, they're putting themselves out there, man. They're all getting together and getting along, and that's that's what it's all about. When I went to um, when I went to come get you, I saw you with like a cane. So like you. Uh, I yesterday I, I rolled I rolled my ankle yesterday, and uh, it took me until this morning to actually admit I needed to go get it looked at, and uh, it's it's just been a little bit difficult walking. You know, I mean, spraining your ankles just it's just a little bit of a discomfort. But the cane helps me just keep the pressure off it. Cause yeah. I, I didn't want to get crutches. I've almost like messed up my Achilles too, like running too much. But it's been, it's been like sore a bit, like whenever I run or walk. I guess that's kind of like near like the ankle area. It's like you know, yeah, it's the, the back of your feel. ankle and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I and I can feel it like like sometimes I'll just roll on it and I'll feel it like. Oh yeah, yeah. Movement, well, yeah, that's like, that's what happened. A little bit of tension, I, I guess. Like like it's pulling. I, yeah, like yesterday I took a step off the curb, and what happened was I was wearing my dress shoes because I came from playing uh, playing yesterday, and I was hanging out with a bud, and the the heel on my on the bottom of my shoes slipped out from underneath me, 
and my foot rolled like that to the right. Oh, like it, it, yeah. it, my my foot pretty much ended up being it. It made a right angle with my leg, which is I'm pretty sure I'm I'm no I'm no doctor, but I'm pretty sure that's not how your foot's supposed to bend. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just uh, it's nothing big. It's just um, it's starting to feel a little bit better today after I yeah. took a trip to the doctor. But yeah, it's um. It's, it's nothing too big. It's just, like I said, just a little sprained ankle, man. I'll tell. At dude, least it ain't my hands, you know. I can still play my music. Like with my Achilles, I was just. It was like bothering me yesterday, but then after you hit the old, after you hit the old beer fest, I woke up this point. I just I felt all right. Liquor does that to you. Booze makes you feel good. There you go. That's what it does. Heals. Makes you forget the pain, mental and physical. Just for a brief moment in time. Yep. Now back on to what you were saying earlier about my little brown book. Um... Yeah, I mean, let me. Uh, I'll, I'll spit you out some of the uh, some of the words I've you been read writing. Read poets. You reading poetry? A lot of yeah, poetry? I, I've been I've been meaning to get into the uh, the beat generation. Um, I know. Recently, I and I, I've I've really been digging William S. Burroughs. I'm not too familiar with it yet, but um, he's a. Uh, I I understand the things I've read read by him are fairly prolific, and I'm really with it. And he's definitely got some great ideas. Uh, but the. The beat, the beat generation really shaped the generation that became the heaviest influence on me musically. So um, to keep on carrying the flame uh, that I plan to keep on carrying from the 60s and 70s and the, the people who really, really moved me and really helped me develop into the person I am today, I figured it would be good to go to their roots too to try and um, give myself a better basis on where to continue off from. But Yeah, see where like they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, let me let me let me read you something that I have here as far as uh, you know my words and everything go. I, I got I got a couple of different things. You know, I got a lot of stuff written. It it ranges anywhere from, I mean, in the in its simplest form is blues, and in in the least simplest form, um, poetry. But uh, even even in some ways, my blues my blues is is poetic. You know, it's. It's just something else, man. Life is poetry, man. Yeah, li- life's, a sy- life's a symphony, man. And we're all we're all playing our notes in it, and we're all we all have our parts, and we all have our rests. Um, but yeah, so let me let me uh, let me lay this down on you. This is a this is a piece I've been working on for a while. It came from two separate songs that I wrote, and I took the first verse from one, and I took the second verse from the other. And the first verse is uh, it's it's very um, it's very bare bone, like very, very roots blues in the way I structured it, where you yeah. have, you have the first line and the first line repeats itself twice. And then you end it with another line to close it out. There you go. And then the second verse from the other song, um, I, it was something still along the bluesy, along the bluesy line, but I, I gave it a try where I just wrote every line with its own unique ste- uh, sentence and statement, uh, to shape the idea. And they both they both melded well very well together, and uh, so uh, yeah. Let me I'll, I'll lay this down for you now. When she walked that way, she smiled and waved her hand. I said, when she walks this way, she smiles and waves her hand. But I look over my shoulder just to see another man. You took my love for granted, and I let it roll for too long. I gave you everything you wanted, even wrote this song. But when I asked you what's happening, you looked at me like you did nothing wrong. Damn. Yeah, and it's uh, th- that's mostly inspired. The first verse was just inspired by an attempt for me to. Uh, I mean, I've never been exactly the most outright and confident man with women, so um, I really liked the line. You know, you see a woman, you see a woman walking. You know, maybe she's in your girl, and she smiles and waves her hand. You know, something that really uplifts your heart, and you think it's for you, and you think that she's giving you your love. But then you look over your shoulder just to see another man. You know, oh. there's someone else there that's you know, Yeah, it burns you. And, uh, burns this, you up inside. And the second verse I got came from uh, this relationship. Uh, I use that term very loosely. That I had uh, between the end of 2016 and the beginning of 2017. It lasted probably about five months or so. And it was this, with this uh, this older woman, about 47 years old, gorgeous woman. She's a sweetheart, but. Uh, she definitely, she definitely misled me in a lot of ways, yeah. and she kept me around with the idea that she cared when I was nothing more than a walking dildo for her. And oh. uh, yeah, when it all ended, it was it was pretty rough how it ended, and uh, pretty 
the way the way she treated me and how she how she reacted to my emotions towards a couple of things that she did was very just wrong and, and hurtful in a lot of ways. That's why so, you write songs, man. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, like, there's a lot of reasons, music. but yeah, I mean, uh, women women is definitely something that helps inspire a lot of great songs. And so for the second verse, like I said, it's um, it really speaks about that because after everything that she did and everything that transpired, I literally I asked her, you know, you know, I you know I asked what's happening. And she looked at me like she did nothing wrong. She she literally she uh, how how can I put this? It happened, and then she asked me the following morning. She said, "Did did I do that?" And I was like, "Yeah, we need to talk about that." And she looks at me, and her response is, "I was drunk, so." Oh. And I mean, trust me, I've had my fair share of substance abuse, but I understand how to control myself, and I understand very well that whether or not you lose inhibitions, you're making the decisions, you know, and That's you true. you still got you still got to be held accountable. You can't hold the alcohol accountable for what you do, you yeah. know. And um, so yeah, it's. A lot of the music speaks to a lot of different things. So to give you another another example, um, for instance, uh, and this one's got a, this one's got a nice double meaning for you, and it's uh, it's about two things. And the main thing it's about is my first acid trip because LSD really changed my Whoa. life. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> if you if, if if the listeners here could see my shirt, my shirt's currently it's a trippy shirt. Dude. Oh, no, I, I dig the shirt. Thank Describe you, man, what you're wearing. So like, shrooms. Okay, so it's basically shrooms. Basically shrooms on a t-shirt. Shrooms on ice. Shrooms on ice. Yeah, you know, we could actually work on something. That'd be a good song, dude. Shrooms it would on be ice. a great no, that would be a great album. Like a rock and roll, like ice rink Disney princess, you know, man. You know what I'm yeah, talking about, man? We could make some money, man. Yeah, man. It's all about yeah. Drugs, rock and roll, man. Woo! But yeah, so this song, like I said, when I when I was about 15 years old, when I took my first uh, my first dose of LSD, oh. and that really that really shaped who I was to become and uh, helped me really see a lot of things about a lot of things about myself and um, life around me life inside of me and most importantly music and it was it was a big turning point in my life and so this song I wrote and I have one and a half verse however the second verse I'm still I, I gotta I gotta put some work on it but um, you know like I said it was a very important moment in my life but at the same time um, I was able to write it in a way that compares to the uh, the woman who at 18, like I said, when I started playing guitar, um, when I, I got my heart genuinely broken by the first one I've ever loved, mm. and um, you know I thought it was a really good it was a really good uh, both both of those moments intimately changed my life, and so um, you know I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop talking let me just read it for you. Back when I was a child, I didn't know no good. I'd done a lot of people wrong, not always act like I should. I met that woman one night when I was all alone. I stepped outside and that little boy never came home. Found myself on that old road, crossroads, you know what I mean. Just trying to figure out why I'm here and I don't know if it's a dream. And that's what I've got so far. Um, dude, it, it sounds like a song, dude. Like, I, I hope it, it does, yeah. Like a song, you know I, I, I could try... Uh, I could try put if you if you want I could try singing it for you and try putting a melody for it if you'd like you know I could sing you some of my words for you, you want me to try that you can sing whatever you want dude it's a vibe back when I was a young child I didn't do no good I'd done a lot of people wrong not always act like I should. I met that woman one night when I was all alone. I stepped out that door, that little boy never came home. I've never, I've never put a melody to that, but um, I, I mean, how I usually write the melodies for my songs is when, when we're working on them, or when, when I'm working on them by myself, even is all. I'll lay down the track. Uh, oh yeah, I, I love slide guitar with the blues, man. It really speaks, man. And um, go full circle here. Yeah, and it. Uh, but yeah, um, I usually I kind of the inspiration for my singing there. And my apologies that I wasn't quite on point. But my inspiration for my singing, writing my melodies, comes from uh, R and B. Yeah. Like the like the classic R and B stuff. You know what I mean? Like Clarence Carter, Wilson Pickett. Um, James Brown. Uh, or, yeah, James. Well, James, James Brown's Brown. a little more James on the James funky. I, um, but like I mean Aretha Franklin. Had the cost to be the boss, dude. Um, the cost to be <laughs> the do. boss. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm usually, 
I just make up the vocal melody as I go and try and keep in key and, and keep in the same motion as the chordal progressions. And then I just, kind of like how you record a guitar solo. You record three different guitar solos and you make it up as you go or go along. And then you, you, find, you find the points in the melody that really capture it. And then you... Uh, you kind of just like take the best parts, the best best of all worlds, and and find a way to put that all together. Yeah. And so I do when I'm writing my lyrical melodies, I freeform it and try and shape it in my own way. You know, I try and have my lyrics be a very a very free, a loose type of feeling for it. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, something very soulful. You're just looking for that vibe. You're looking for the good vibrations. Maybe not I'm always not, good. Not I'm not, always good, I'm not sure always... if I'd say I'm looking for anything. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just doing what I'm doing. You like and a reporter? I'm, I'm taking just reporting it. what you see or hear. I'm just, I'm just rolling with the wind, man. I, t I blow, I go wherever the wind blows me, and so it, um, like I said, it's, Truly. um, yeah. yeah. You want to play some of like uh, your music? Or yeah, you know what? Um, what I got, what I got for you, cats, right now is, uh, it's not, it's not the best thing probably that I've had. Uh, it's the only thing I'd pull up out of the recordings and the footage I have of my performances. What I got for you, cats, is a little excerpt of uh, me with my guys at the R-Bar. And uh, shout out to my main people, Joel Tishuk, Craig King, Max Woodhouse, and uh, Twizzy Thornhill on the drums, man. These cats are some of the greatest dudes I've played with. Uh, beautiful blues players, man. Beautiful souls. And I play with them at the R-Bar on Wednesday nights, in case you cats get a chance to come down. It's uh, Wednesday nights starting about 8, 8.30. And it's, uh, it's an open jam. It's a really laid back place, man. It's a nice bar, good people. It's mellow, dude. It's mellow. Yeah. And so uh, what I got for you now is a little excerpt of us performing um, in memory of Elizabeth Reed by the Allman Brothers, which is an instrumental jazz blues type of thing going on. Yeah. And uh, I got a little excerpt of it coming from some of my guitar souls and some of the keyboard players' work. So I'm going to throw that on for you guys now. Yeah. Uh, He's going to throw it on. Dig, you know? He's going to throw it on in a second here. Just going to get it on through the Bluetooth and all that stuff. But um, yeah, man. Stoochcast episode. Is this episode 30? I'm gonna look it up. Great performers, man. Oh, great. Everyone's great. Great bass, great lead, great. Oh yeah, my man Max. He's 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 a hell of a pocket bass player, man. Like, if you listen, if you can hear the lines he's playing, he's he's taking it places, man. He's he's really tight. Dude, it sounds good even like live. Like they sound great. All right, you guys man. sounded awesome, dude. Thank you, man. I was I there, dude. I was there in real time. I was like, this is the shit. The thing is, you just keep going with it when you perform. Yeah, yeah, you know, you don't you stop and be like, you can't look shocked. You, you just gotta, you just gotta keep going. I That's mean, what you learn, I think, as a performer. Yeah, you're you, gonna you, fuck up. Yeah, you can't, you can't be perfect every time. You're not gonna, you're gonna have bad nights. Uh, but yeah, you can't, you can't stop and think about that. You just gotta keep going for you. Keep exactly. With it. And then uh, also, I got, I got some for you guys right now. Is this drum solo is about to kick in, I believe. And this, this set it on oh, my man. I believe it's my man Ben. Drums. Ben on the drums. Yeah, I, I can't recall his last name, but he's a, he's a hell of a player, man. One of the tightest cats I've played with. It's all good. Now for this drum solo, we're going to More or less the end of the song for the cats. Yeah.
Nice, dude. There you have it, guys. That's a little bit of the uh, little bit of the blues I've been doing for you. Uh, it's like I said, it's it's, um, it's it's just a hell of a lot of time. It's a hell of a good time, man, playing with these guys down at that R bar. And if you if you people get a chance to come and check it out, like I said, it's uh, right on West Liberty Avenue. Wednesday nights, uh, 8.30 is the start time, man. you got great people there. There's a great crowd. The bartender, Will, he's a wonderful guy. Great bartender. Man, there's just nothing... There's, there's nothing really lacking from that place. You know, there's a lot of characters. You also there. perform at another bar, right? Out in uh, Imperial? Yeah, Gosh. that place is... Uh, that place is called the Mousetrap, and it's uh, it's right off of 2230, right by that new interchange they put on for the Turnpike. Oh, okay. And, um... And yeah, that's where, uh, for my three-piece I have, my little, it's just a little fun jam band I got together to get a, get some paying gigs lined up. Um, that's where I met the drummer and the bass player from there. A couple of old heads, but my man Vic Manella, uh, he's a hell of a drummer, man. He, and he knows how to follow people, man. He's in, he's nice. in sync with people, man. He's, uh, he's right on top of things, you know? He, um, the first time I played with him, man, he, uh, I'm playing my souls and I'm doing my thing in, in between the, in between the verses, and at first, you know, when you play with people, you gotta you gotta keep eye contact. You gotta make sure you can see people so you can give signals to know when you're gonna make changes and follow through. Yeah. And after the first or second time, um, I had a change that the band had to follow with me. I was about to look over my shoulder, and I could hear him playing, and I could hear what he was doing. He knew exactly where I was about to be in like five seconds. He knew where I was going oh, ahead of time, and so yeah. right as I'm about to look over my shoulder. I turned right back forward with the crowd because I knew he knew what I was going to do and he knew how to follow it. And sure as hell, man, he was right on point. Like I said, man, that cat's something else. He's, he's a hell of a drummer. I mean, he's been playing music for shit, like, probably, like, 50 years, man. I mean, he's been he's been doing it for a long time, and he's, like I said, he's a hell of a player, man. He's a killer. Yeah, he is. Um, You've been, uh, I don't know, been watching any TV? I don't watch TV, man. I, I got rid of that TV and that video games out of my life, man. So you're, like, so. Me, like just, you're just rolling with the wind, man. Minimalist. You know, you got... Yeah, I do. Uh, I spend most rock, of my time... Yeah, I spend most of my time uh, reading and writing and uh, playing music, music. Yeah. yeah, and listening to music, you know? So, uh, I mean, why... Like, TV, I mean, yeah, it's entertainment and everything, but it's... It, I, I get no... I get no substance for my soul from it. You know, I don't get... I don't get genuinely moved by a lot of things. I respect the art greatly, and there's some things on TV that I've watched that are absolutely phenomenal, but... You know, when there when there's a lot of other things I could be doing to further my career and further my my person as you know a musician and as a character and an individual, um, I'd I'd much rather devote my time to things like that. You know. Yeah. That's a, that's oh no that's just an interesting observation there. It's just um you seem to be like much more into like the music like hearing things. You know what I mean? Hearing a play instead of like the visual like watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Television. I don't know. Well, I mean, mu music, music is something I see, man. Like, it, and it's it's been a, it's been a strange phenomenon that's happened for me since I was uh, when I was when I really started to get into piano and started playing um, a lot more things and uh, specifically like the organ. Just getting getting more acquainted with um, the freedom and the liberation that you have when you play music, and it's um, and even even when I listen to it, it's I I, I see it, and it, it's a really weird thing to describe, man. But um, I do I see it, and it's it, it, it's it's colors and shapes. It's um, sometimes it's lines, lines that change in direction, almost like you're seeing the audio file in a way. Yeah. But it, it, it's it's a hard thing to explain. But um, yeah, it's it, it's just something I see. So I mean. So you see music. That's yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. Especially like when I, like when I'm playing my solos and I'm doing any time any kind of improvisation, um, I, I the notes the notes have colors and shapes about them and and the way they relate to each other paints pictures for me. But I'm I'm not talking like pictures and scenes. I'm talking like I said, um, rudimentary and very very basic, but at the same time universal um, images. And uh, yeah, it's it's just how it's I. It's a trip. I, yeah, I mean it, it really time. is though, man. Um, but yeah, that really adds to the soul that I try to put into it, man. Because like I said, there's a connection that I have with music that I just, I can't reach with anything else. Like television, video games anymore. Yeah. It's all about, I mean, like I said, it's all about reading, writing, and doing the music thing, and then enjoying time with my friends and the people that I love. Yeah. You know? It's about living living the life and enjoying it while I have it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I got, I'm blessed with it by something out there, man. Yeah. You know? And I just gotta, I embrace it, man. I'm grateful for it, you know? That's awesome, dude. That's inspirational. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I do. I do. You're killing it, dude. Thank you, Caleb. I know, like, 
I haven't seen you like often since like high school. I've seen you, like here and there a few times, but like past couple months, you know, we've been hanging out and stuff. It's just like you seem to have like you know you've been like all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I mean, it's always been like the same like character. You know, I mean, you know how, like a lot I've, of people I've change. I've definitely like, changed a lot since high school. I think. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm I'm only looking at it from the inside. I'm not looking at it from the outside. And it, sometimes, sometimes it's hard to look at yourself, especially with how you yeah. change from the outside, because you have. Yeah. You know, you, you go through experiences that you know that you've been through that um, maybe not necessarily other people know or necessarily understand. And I definitely I definitely think I've changed a lot. Uh, my outlook's definitely changed since then, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of things I've kept that have just been part of me since I've started shaping who I am. But um, yeah, and I do have to say, man, it, it's been it's been really nice getting back in touch with you, Suge. And you're, you're the type of person that I'm, I, I'd never thought that I wouldn't still keep in touch with. You know, I always thought you were... I mean, you're a cool cat, man. You're funny. Right. You got a good sense of humor. You're smart, and you're you're pretty fun to kick it with, man. I, I mean, I dig it. You guys can't see it, but there was a fist bump there. Fist bump right just here. Just imagine man. it, you know. Just give you know what, man. Wh- whoever you listen with this to, man, and just uh, look next to the guy you're listening to, the girl you're listening to this with, and man, give him a fist bump, give him a hug or something, man. Give him some love, you know. It's a vibe, dude. Yeah, it's a vibe. You're all about the positive vibes. Here. I mean, you gotta be, man. And there's a lot of not, there's a lot of ni- negativity in the world, man. There's a lot of negativity in my life. Uh, I can't, can't even can't even put on the news anymore. Yeah, right. Can't do but, it, dude. but you can't you can't let that consume you, man. You gotta remember that like the good things and the good times are what you gotta worry about. And the bad times, you know, a lot of the times a lot of the times the bad times are there to remind you why you have the good times. You know? Yeah, truly. Like in the bad times, it's like it ends. You know what I mean? It's like a moment. It's just a moment. Exactly, man. All of it's just a moment. It's, it's going to come and pass. And I and I was telling you earlier, you know, I got this um, this this interesting outlook on time, and I'm trying to I'm trying to really capture it in the song now. But uh, you know, the the present, you know, the right now is nothing more than the past and the present meeting for a split second, you know, the, or the past and the future converging for a split second, you yeah. know. So I mean, things are always changing. You know, things are always constantly in flux. And, uh, you know, you can't, you just can't let things bog you down, man. You gotta just, uh, you know, pick yourself back up and just not give up. You just gotta keep pushing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You really think, like, time is just, it's crazy how much, you know, control, like, it kind of has. You know, you gotta be here at this time or at a certain time. And it's yeah, just, I mean, it, how, like, that, it's how something measured. we created, you know. I, I think time is nothing more than an invention by man to describe the sun going up and going down, to, you know, give us an idea of you know, where in the day we stand. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is a conspiracy for another day, but I think time is time was devised to give specific schedules to human life to kind of, in a way, it's like a, It's like a pressure. It's oppression. Yeah, it's like a... Well, yeah, I mean, you look at it this way, man. How, be at work how, how at long time. is your work shift? How long is the average work shift? It's like... Eight hours. Yeah, and they're like... How long hours. are you supposed to sleep for? Eight hours. So how many hours are in a day? 24. Okay, so eight plus eight, eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work is sixteen hours. How many hours does that leave you? I got like eight, eight. hours of free, but then you're commuting, you're eating, you're doing other things. You know what I mean? That takes yeah, up that time. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. That what it boils down to is that I believe that time, as the invention that it is, um, was partially created to give us specific schedules like that because you have if you, if you live it's your for life big like business that, and you industry have, you have eight hours of every day devoted to work you have yeah. eight hours of every day devoted to sleep if you listen to what they tell you and then you have eight hours of the day devoted to whatever you want to do and you know keeping your you know keeping your life going and looking at it that way man you're spending 33 percent of your life devoted to each separate section of eight hours yeah. and if that's the case man then that means you're spending if you live to be 90 i mean granted you don't work when you're an infant but you know just like just for you know average's sake if you live to be 90 you spent 30 years of your life working you spent 30 years of your life sleeping leaving 30 years of your life to do what you want to do man like i'm not even 30 yet you know man i'm not trying to sacrifice that much of my life to things that aren't yeah things that aren't of value in life you think like i said things that don't have substance yeah or things that aren't substances you know <laughs> Oh, wham. Hey. Yeah, dude, I think... If it's all right with you, I think it's time we call for a break so I can go hit a cigarette, man. I think I'm a little worded out right now. I'm going to take a breather. I think it's good. I think, like, it's good, man. We're almost at, like, 50 minutes, and I think... All right, I feel like we've discussed... I mean, we've kind of, like... Yeah, you know, we've... everything we needed to talk about. We've covered a lot of different things, man. You know, I want to... Next time, I want to I want to start focus more on my music, you know, man. I'm gonna try. I'll I want I want you guys to meet my band and a couple of people with it. These are great cats, man. Like my band, that's my main band. I'm working with a I got a sax player. 
Uh, Josh Zaldonis, man, he's one of the greatest cats ever I've heard play on that sax, man. He plays with me at the R-Bar, and man, ah, oh, he can play some of the greatest things I've heard. He there. kills it. You got oh, rips. He kills it, yeah, rips man. I, I don't know if you've heard him, but I mean, there's a couple things on my Facebook page if you guys look me up. Uh, Caleb Llewellyn, and, uh, yeah, there's a couple videos of me at that R-Bar with, uh, Josh playing, man. You can hear his sax solos, and, ooh, he, he's got something that a lot, a lot of cats these days don't got. And then I got, uh, shout out to my main man, Lucas Robert, who's, uh, Great friend of mine, man. I went to college with him for that whole semester, and he, he's a wonderful man. I've never I've never met anybody that's... he He's so genuinely interested in whatever his friends are into yeah. because he knows that they care about it, and he knows that it's what they're passionate about. Yeah. And never in my life have I met someone who, no matter what his friends are passionate about, he is interested in it for the sole for the sole fact that you know he knows that you care about it, yeah. and he cares about it because he cares about you. And he's nice. a great man, and, he, and he's a hell of a drummer. He's one of the best drummers I've played with. And then um, a good friend of mine from high school, Ben Lex. Uh, me and him are currently sharing the lead guitar on the uh, in the band, and we're kind of. I want to take the approach um, since Dwayne Allman, uh, Sky Dog, like I said, he's one of the biggest influences. The Allen Brothers really hit me with uh, how you can take two lead guitars and really really shape harmonies with it. I thought the Stones did that, too. They did that with Keith and Mick they, Taylor They did, but there's a... Uh, but you think that's Allman influenced? Did. Definitely. I, I mean, well, it, it might be. I'd say it might be because uh, um, Brian Jones, uh, if I recall, yeah, Brian Jones was replaced in 1969, I think. Uh, yeah, a month, months or so yeah. before he died. And uh, that's when Mick Taylor was brought in. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it might have been Almond influence, but the Almonds weren't that big until uh, Idlewild South came out in 70. And then uh, the Fillmore East record, that, that's that's what really got them, man. That's, that's one of the best live records I've ever heard. You mm. know, those cats those cats really knew what they were doing. They had such an energy that you'll never hear again on stage. Why do people, say like, why do people say, like, those cats? Like, what is that? Is that just a cool thing to say? Just say just, these I mean, cats, these cool yeah, cats. Yeah, it's just, you know? uh, it's, it's just another word like dude, you know. It's just, you Bruh. know, dogs, you know. We're all just cats and dogs, man. <laughs> um, I think that's it, man. Like, 51 minutes, dude. Killer. Killed this podcast. Nailed it. Well, hey, man. Well, if, if uh, I hope you guys think I nailed this podcast, you know, I just uh, I hope that I got I hope that I got my points across, you know, and I hope that uh, I hope that you guys see that you know music is music's a passion, you know, music's an art, and it's something that can bring people together, and that you know that's why I'm here, that's what I'm trying to do, you know. You live it, dude. You yeah, live the life. Dude. Yeah, and you live that rock and roll life. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far yet, man, but I mean, I'm definitely trying, and there's there, my, I think my priorities have gotten straight. But as, as long as music's on the top of that, that's what I, that's what I care about, man. Cause that's music, your God. Music's yeah, your God, No, dude. music's my love, man. Music's... I, I, I don't know if I could ever find another love in my life in this world that's not music, man. You know, like... I, yeah. I, I love human beings, man, and I've met some beautiful women, some beautiful souls, but no one no one anymore touches me like music does, man. She's my sweet lady song. Nice. I'm going to add that right on there. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Caleb, thanks for being a guest, man. It was a pleasure. It was Thank an you honor for to have you on here, dude. It was an honor to be here, brother. I appreciate it, man. Peace I out. Glad you're having you. Have a good night, guys. Good week.